Schofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. You heard it. Reno and Las Vegas. We got Justin Watkins in here with us at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Candy, say hi to your buddy, Justin Watkins. I know you haven't spoken in a while. Hi, my buddy, Justin Watkins. Hi, my buddy, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like I was extending an olive branch there. Like there'd been some disagreement in the past, but not true at all. Let's get to the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. All right, Candy, we're uh, less than two weeks away from the beginning of the regular season for the Vegas Golden Knights. A bunch of exhibition games are going to hit the road for a few more in uh, Salt Lake and then your favorite town, Boise. Uh, What have you thought of the night so far in the preseason? Yeah, last night was the first night that I watched pretty much start to finish uh, with the Golden Knights. And you weren't seeing a lot of the regulars in there. But the one regular you were seeing was Aiden Hill, and that's probably as good of what you could have asked for for the Golden Knights coming out of that game as anything, because the Coyotes had damn near 50 shots last night uh, against Aiden Hill, and he stood up pretty well, because what we know about this Golden Knights team is that the goaltending is going to be in question until someone shows that it's not a question. And Aiden Hill coming in and giving them a reasonably good performance, I think is probably as good of an outcome as you could have asked for out of that game. Yeah, you know, they were talking on the broadcast about how they thought he was the best player on the ice. Um, I, I don't know. It, it didn't look like he played with the kind of confidence in the net that the 50 saves would indicate that he played with confidence. He seemed a little shaky at times, uh, you know, had a couple little mishaps, almost put it in his goal once. Um, and so I, I wasn't seeing what they were saying, but, the, but I agree the stats, you know, look good. Um, you know, for me again, uh, the, the the person who's been, I think I don't take any too much of anything from preseason. I think Aiden Hill will be a fine backup. I think Logan Thompson's won the, won the job so far, um, and I think Paul Cotter has proved that he deserves to be on this roster. I think that's about all I can say from from the preseason so far. And you know, I think when we talk about Hill last night in particular, I wonder, Justin, if that's going to be sort of what the standard is for the goaltending this year, right? Where it's good enough, right? Like there, there aren't going to be a lot of flurry dominating kind of games, whether it's Thompson, Hill, Brassois, anybody like it, it held up enough to only allow two goals and Jack Eichel had a hat trick and then everything worked out well for the Golden Knights. You know, I was kind of wondering the same thing, and if that is the case, then the defense last night was certainly not good enough. Uh, If that's what we're going to expect out of our goalies, which is, you know, sounds like what you're saying is like C plus, B minus kind of goaltending, then our defense allowing uh, opposing players to be all around the net last night. I mean, the Coyotes were just in on Hill. I mean, skates into the face almost, you know. that that won't be good enough but also i mean we had almost none of the starters in there uh for as far as skaters and defensemen yeah number three number three go ahead candy you can finish up no i think justin put a, a very nice bow on that and that's clearly what ari could hear see there's no dissension no not at all (laughs) you gotta remember even if justin and i had some sort of beef going on which we do not the one thing we can all agree on is nobody likes ari Hmm. (laughs) 
number three. There you go. He's like, move on. Enough of that. Story of much interest to Las Vegas, but certainly Reno as well. And that is the story that will not die. The A's to Las Vegas. I'm sure the folks in northern Nevada want to have no part of spending public money to build a baseball stadium down here. No part of that. And for you, Candy, I know this is one of your favorite stories. And the way I slugged this one today was we got another update about the A's and a deadline and Vegas could be involved. And uh, I slugged it. We continue to get boondoggled by our local media, at least one person, about a potential MLB boondoggle. If only all major league sports franchises had a PR outlet at a major newspaper the way the Oakland A's do uh, with one of the pipelines that they have to the Review Journal. At this point, just wake me up when something real is going on, right? The speculation is what it is. It's been going on forever. I, I, I can't. Just, I can't. I don't know, Justin, if you, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you're more excited about it than I am, but I, I every, just can't. Every time there's a little opening or possible stumble in Oakland, we get the information like, ah, we've got problems. Uh, Vegas could be alive. You know, your lead in is what got, got me off on the wrong foot just because it's like it, when, when the spending happened for Raider Stadium, <laughs> nobody up north cared it was it was a non-issue in all the votes the only people that cared were as it frankly should be it was our county money the hotel tax that was used to spend um you know two things would this one be exclusively just local money or would it be state money i mean i think it's zero money but it better be zero money if if it's the a's it better be zero money because frankly that team is never going to spend that ownership group is never going to spend and they don't justify that type of investment. And so, if it if it's a if it's an expansion team, okay, maybe you could say that uh, with the right kind of ownership that there, there's some investment there. But I I really do not want to see the A's come here. And I'm a huge you know sports fan. I've always loved baseball, but the A's are not the team that I want to see here. Um, so I, I I prefer we get an expansion. There. There's a famous phrase from Maya Angelou out there that says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And the A's have been showing you all year long and longer, but especially this year, who they are. Number two. All right, now we need an attorney. By the way, Justin was a state assemblyman in Nevada for a couple of years, so you're very familiar with uh, the issues up north as well as we're on uh, the four o'clock hour here at ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. You're not a divorce attorney, but I'm sure you know some. So we're going to lean on what little expertise you may have because we have none. Tom Brady and Giselle look like they're getting divorced. So we're looking at what for Tom Brady? A hundred, two hundred million dollar payday as Candy was asking, who gets the money? Oh, I'm, I'm positive, and the reports are, are support this presumption that they have a prenup. It's all figured out how that's going to be divvied up. Um, now, so he's in good shape then. Well, he's in good shape before he got married, right? Like, he, I'm, I'm sure that they. He can never be too rich, and if Giselle has more money, he's got to ensure his future. So, you got to remember that not every state has the same divorce laws. Most of the West, and Nevada included, are community property states. What that means is the money that you came into the marriage for before is your separate money. And the money that is earned during the marriage is community property money, meaning that all goes into one pot together and you guys 
divvy that up 50 50. But the money you came into the marriage with is yours. Any inheritance you get is yours. Only the money that was earned during the marriage is to be split 50 50. Now, Florida is not a community property state, but the same factors apply, which is what money was earned during the marriage and what kind of obligations do they have to their kids moving forward? There isn't going to be any one parent who can't provide for these kids based on the custody. So that's that's out the window. So it's purely going to be, is there a prenuptial agreement and do we is is that agreement enforceable? I'm sure the answers are yes to both of those questions. But if not, what was the worth of the people as they came into that marriage? And then what was the worth during the marriage that was enhanced by the marriage? And, um, you know, so out of all that, I think you're going to see Brady end up kind of where he started and Giselle end up kind of where she started. Her money would be her money and his money would be his money. Do you believe my conspiracy theory that Tom Brady did not come to the Raiders, not because John Gruden didn't want him, but he's, he was worried that Nevada's divorce laws would be less favorable to him than Florida's? No, no, I don't. I think maybe, maybe he thought the divorce would be accelerated by him living in Las Vegas, yeah, right? <laughs> but, but the, no. So you can, if if the prenup exists in Florida, um, and it has it has selected the venue and for any um, divorce, then that's not going to be affected by where he he goes and lives. Could he come here and file for divorce in Nevada? Uh, yes, but the prenup is going to be enforced and it's going to be enforced by the laws of the prenup. He could do that now. He could come move here. Nevada's divorce laws are so friendly and it's actually the first way in which we loosened laws as a state to try to entice people into our state before gaming was divorces. Easy, fault-free divorces. And at the time, you didn't have to have any connection to Nevada. This is, you know, this is early 1900s. No connection to Nevada. We'll give you a divorce. No problem. Cases went up to the Supreme Court. They said, you can't do that. You have to create a rule for domicile, which is, this is my home. And Nevada said, cool. Nevada's your home when you say it's your home. And the Supreme Court said, uh, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah, we, we're going to give it to you. So That was our first state slogan. For, for, <laughs> that was the real Martin, home means Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, if he wanted to get divorced in Nevada, he could he could do it right now. But the prenup and the state that's going to govern most of the property is going to be Florida. Number one. Well, boy, I was waiting for this one to have uh, happen. Rams, Niners, guy runs on the field. A lot of people made the joke about the pink smoke as he was announcing a gender reveal. Turns out he was a protester. He runs across the field. He's juking. He's destroying the security people. One may have like torn an ACL. Uh, two football players on the Rams go after him. Bobby Wagner and uh, Tack McKinley. And Wagner actually gets him with the helmet right to the head. And we said on Monday, you weren't around. Guarantee this guy is going to sue someone. Something's going to happen here. And now it has. I haven't seen a lawsuit, but the fellow wants to press charges. You will not see a lawsuit. I, I'm, I'm saying I'll make the declaration right now amongst my fellow lawyers who have, who have not the greatest reputation for me to rely upon to say that there will not be an attorney who's willing to take that case. What? You will Come not. Win, you will not win that case. You will really? not win that case. No, so, you're so trespassing, and they don't know what you're trespassing and doing. I mean, do we know he doesn't have a bomb? I mean, what, what, what do we know? And so. Absolutely, Wagner, 
anybody on the Rams, anybody on the Niners, anybody in security, anybody on the field has the right to defend themselves and others there. And is it reasonable for somebody to think that that person could be a danger to other people on the field, including themselves? The answer to me is a clear yes. It's a clear yes. Uh, and so I, I, I don't see the mechanism by which you think you're going to get a recovery. And this would be such a hot button issue for the NFL and for the players. They would fight you all the way to the end. This isn't a situation which you get a quick, easy settlement. They'd fight you all the way to the end. And there's just no way you're going to get a jury on your side. No way. So just to, to just to carry that out a little bit, and this isn't meant to play devil's advocate, but it's going to sound like it. So Bobby Wagner is in full gear, right? He's a, he's got helmets and pads, and, you know, all this kind of thing. The guy wouldn't have any case to say, like, as opposed to a security guy taking him down, that he was in some that it was excessive in some way, that it was a football player who had more gear on than him. Right. To play counterpoint to that, I'd say that's why Bobby Wagner chose to do it to defend everybody on the field is he was the most protected, right? It's there you the, go. It's, there you go. It's the riot police who tackle somebody when they're all garbed up. They're in the safest position to do so without hurting themselves or others around them. I got more questions on this. I think you're shutting this down. Shut it down. Wait, way too early. There, there's a real possibility that Bobby Wagner gets in trouble. We got to find out on the way back. Is this under the uh, view of the LA County Sheriff's Department or is it LAPD? We're coming back. Big Ford 4 presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Las Vegas, 766-1400. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Justin Watkins is here, Battleborn Injury Lawyer, 766-1400 in both uh, Reno and Las Vegas. Let's finish up on the Bobby Wagner deal with uh, just jacking up a protester during Monday Night Football. And story came out today. He or the group that backs him intend on pressing charges, which I think there's something there, you know, just to get the attention today. Because I looked up the website. Yep. And I didn't I hadn't before this. Yep. I think that's the that's the, the whole point. most of the motivation yep. with this whole thing. Um I don't know who's handling the who would handle this, LAPD or LA County. Yeah. Um, LA- Alex Villanueva is a he's kind of a pub hound. Yep. And he's gone at LeBron in the past. So this would kind of be up his alley to go after a pro athlete, but I think no like way. you like you said earlier, it's it is trespassing, and it's and because of the pink smoke. You, mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Harlan's on the broadcast, and he's like, "Oh, he's brought brought a smoke bomb on the field." And you're yeah. like, "A bomb?" Yeah. So I don't think anyone's going to move forward on this. No way. There's just no way. Um, and, and for him to have a criminal action where he's pressing charges, he can't be the initial criminal himself. And there's no there's no dispute. He broke the law. Right. So I, I just don't see it happening that way. Candy, have we found out that the uh, dude who caught the home run ball, the 62nd home run ball from Aaron Judge, turns out that he may be a one percenter? It's going to change his life, Cofield. It's going to absolutely change his life because he's going to learn what it's like to only make a million dollars for a transaction. <laughs> <laughs> Do you this take guy, this? Yeah. Well, uh, I think, I mean, I don't know that every... what. 
so he's a VP at a hedge fund that handles $200 billion in assets. That doesn't mean he gets a chunk of the $200 billion. I mean, VP titles are thrown out all over the place at these kind of organizations. The dude, the dude might, the dude could make just barely six figures. You know, I don't know. Oh. Doesn't mean he's a millionaire or a billionaire because his company handles billions of dollars in transactions. So the way that that's characterized in the, the stories that have come out, I think is a little bit l- less than genuine. Well, we don't, you know, most of us don't like the rich. Eat the rich. Yeah, but he's probably not rich. He's probably not rich. We don't care. We hear we hear VP. We hear yeah. two hundred whatever million dollar hedge fund, whatever it is. Uh, Candy, what do you know about what Judge may offer? Where would because I've seen numbers thrown out there that, that it could be two million dollars for this ball. Where would that come from? Yeah, um, my understanding is it would come from the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees would be the ones behind this because it always ends up being the team doing the negotiating here. Uh, Aaron Judge doesn't have to reach into his pocket and pay $2 million. And by the way, if the New York Yankees on the verge of Aaron Judge's free agency tried to make him reach into his pocket for any of that money, uh, that would be about the worst negotiation tactic ever. But no, what's been remarkable to me was Judge was basically negotiating through the press was like, yeah, you know, I want it back. But uh, if the fan gets a souvenir, you know, great for him. You're like, oh, come on, Aaron. Come on. We all know you're getting the ball back eventually. Yeah, I thought it was smart. Yeah, I mean, act as if he's okay with whatever happens. Uh, (laughs) You don't want to, you know, first rule of negotiation, don't let him know how bad you want it. Um, And if he did, then I think he would put himself, uh, (laughs) well, like you said, it's probably Yankee money and not his money. So there's not too much of an incentive uh, for him to go way out of his way to negotiate through the press. But at the same time, I think he wants that ball. And whatever increases his odds he gets that ball, uh, he's going to do. Justin Watkins, we're here at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. 766-1400 is the number for anywhere in Nevada, northern Nevada, and southern Nevada. This one is weird. And this is this is one of those stories I see on the internet. And I'm like, I got to read more about this because this doesn't sound right. Uh, the way it's being... Uh, described sounds really weird. Uh, Jacksonville paper says Florida female student athletes have to report their menstrual history to play when they got their first period and so on. A third party has access to that info. Parents and doctors are raising a red flag. Uh, in, in essence, high schools could save the information. I, I read one place they could hold on to it for seven years. You know what happens with these stories? You know, yeah. People start looking at like the the doomsday scenario. So what, what do we know about this one? Yeah, early on, we don't know too much about it. But I mean, I, I'm not even going to hate on the people who look at doomsday scenarios because, you know, when you start talking about privacy rights, rarely do we ever give up privacy rights and then we get them back. So when you start the ball rolling down that hill, it's usually you're going to end up at the bottom of the hill, meaning you have lost all of your privacy rights. So whether or not this this information is being collected for studies and you know names aren't attached to it identifying information is not attached to it it's for the purposes of making health decisions and health policy on the the part of the state and it, none of it goes into your record and, and and they can't track you specifically i you know what i'm i again i i don't hold it against the people who worry about where this leads and and by giving up these privacy rights, what you're giving, because we don't have a choice, right? Public school is mandatory. You can't, well, school is mandatory. And most people can't afford alternatives to public school. And so if in being enrolled in public school, all 
also opened you up to having your medical data collected and stored, then I think we're down a dangerous road. That's not what this is, but um, I understand the concern. And it needs to be handled very delicately. What do you think happens with, and it's not every city, right. it's just certain cities, certain school uh, districts. Yep. Do, could you see there being a complete freak out and an entire team of females is like, no, we're not playing. We're not going to fill this out. I mean, have you ever it, seen a school board hearing before? It I, is I, nothing I saw, but. I, yeah, I saw but, them screaming and yelling the yeah. last couple of years. There's nothing but an embodiment of a freak out. So yeah. are people going to freak out? Absolutely. People are going to freak out. Um, you know, what does that work its way into? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I would bet that you will see protests in that regard uh, because people are worried about their personal data. I mean, it's increasingly harder to maintain privacy of personal data. People like me have just like given up, right? Like, you know, TSA pre-check, clear, whatever, right? They got everything. They've, they've got me. They got my fingerprints. They got my retinal scan. They got my social. My, I mean, my signature is a public record. Uh, you know, it's on every document I file for on behalf of clients. I mean, it's, it's all out there and trying to protect it is almost impossible for me at this point. And I think a lot of people are getting to that space, which is, again, why I tend to appreciate the people who are fighting against that. Well, you are a real scaredy cat. Uh, I will guarantee you that TikTok has no idea what I look at. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's that was that was yes. real sarcasm. I know. I, I told the story yesterday of uh, uh, talking to a friend who was like, man, like, I just can't get anything to come on TikTok except like all these women. I'm like, bro, <laughs> it's the algorithm. Whatever you look at, they feed you. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I got to swipe quicker. <laughs> That's what I told them. Can't like, linger. I'm like, if you want to watch food videos or my, you know what? Mine, mine is littered with women and like people raging on each other in a parking lot or road raging, which, which can I make the segue? I was, you were going to jump in, but I had to stop you for a second. There is a bizarre Reno story with a road rager shooter. And that story just went to the Nevada Supreme court. Right. And it got overturned. Yeah, so there was a conviction, uh, first-degree murder, uh, in regards to a road incident that ended in which uh, the um, assailant shot the victim and, from a motorcycle into a car. And in order to have first-degree murder, you have to prove premeditation or an aggravating factor. The aggravating factor can be a felony in conjunction with the murder, not the felony murder itself, but a felony in conjunction therewith, a common one is felony burglary. I broke into your house with the intention to steal something. You try to defend yourself. I shoot and kill you. I didn't premeditate to kill you, but I was committing a felony which aggravates the murder into first degree in Nevada law. So what the prosecutors did on this case is they said that the bullet that went through the windshield before striking the victim was a burglary. It was a breaking and entering into the personal space of the victim into the property and did more than $750 of damage. So it took value from the car before it, before the murder was consummated before he died, before the bullet struck him. And the district court said, yeah, okay, we'll let that go. We'll, we'll allow you to make that argument to the jury. The jury bought it. 
convicted him of first degree murder. What the Nevada Supreme Court said is, no, that's not burglary. There is, a, there are other states that have that have adhered to this, and Nevada declined to. Said no, a bullet going through a window is not burglary. There is no intent to sort of take and steal. Um, that that's not what's happening here. Um, it was a two to one decision. Um, so it wasn't the full Supreme Court. It was the uh, and, and the one dissenter basically said. Yeah, I agree it's not burglary, but there was sufficient evidence of premeditation, so I don't think it should be overturned. But in any case, it's overturned. Last minute here, what does overturning mean? They could try him again, right? It's a, oh, retri- so, it's a, it's a retrial. So this person's out. Yeah, it could be, yes, go to a retrial. Wow. They got to try again. I figured they got him on some other charges, just not first degree. No, you can, yeah, you don't get to like, I didn't know what the pick other... it, you don't get to pick and choose the jury's findings, which ones stick and which ones go, you got to retry the case. So if like seven charges stuck and, and there were six lesser, one the top one goes out, they're all out. Yeah, we wow. got to start, start over. Yeah. Will they do it? Yes. hundred. Yes, 100% they'll yeah, do it. They, and that's like, you know, that's why they probably shouldn't have gone with such a novel theory in the first place. You know, um, yes, it sets up good case law if that's what they're trying to go for. But I think everybody knew it was a stretch when it was being made. Let's not shoot each other on motorcycles and the cars. And- That's why you got to be careful out there. You know, you get you get yeah, uh, you get a honk, little angry. People, people honking the horn all the time. You guys are out of control. You yeah. got to show. Calm down, everybody. Take it from me. Calm down. It's a Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company right here on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Uh, Justin Watkins coming back. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Too much legal stuff to get to. That's why Justin Watkins is on from Battleborn Injury Lawyers. All right, Candy, throw Justin this one about the uh, Oakland lawsuit. So the Supreme Court declined to hear an appeal from the city of Oakland over its lawsuit seeking $240 million in damages versus the NFL and its teams uh, over the Raiders' move to Las Vegas, saying it was in violation of federal antitrust law. And I guess my question, Justin, is pretty simple. Did this ever have any chance of going anywhere? No, I don't don't think the antitrust grounds are the basis to sort of challenge... um, these relocations, right? What, what what St. Louis did effectively was allege fraud, right? Like you got us to misspend tax dollars and public funding to invest in a stadium on the, you know, promise that you're going to keep the team there when you had no intention on doing so. So that that's a breach of contract. And yes, you can have a contract and agreement and understanding implied, uh, express, oral, written, what have you. The antitrust grounds is just a super difficult, wonky way to challenge this. And from the very get-go, I would say that relocation is actually pro-competition. And so by its very definition, it's not a trust, right? It's not, or it's not antitrust law. It's the opposite of that. It, it is promotion of competition and exactly what you want to see in the marketplace. So it's just, I felt from the very beginning, the wrong forum for a challenge, the wrong area in which to, to, to go. But the thing is, is Oakland had nothing to hang their hat on. Anytime the Raiders asked for any sort of investment, asked for them to work on anything, they just didn't do it. So 
there was never any exchange of promises. There was never an understanding. There was never court of satisfaction. So they, you know, they threw this Hail, Hail Mary to make a, a football reference, but that's all it was. It, it, I don't think it ever really had any teeth to it or a chance. Justin Watkins on a Wednesday. All right, let's uh, close on this one. I think pretty good police work, or at least a good tip. The fellow who was the Luxor pipe bomber escaped from a medium security prison a couple of weeks ago. They got him. They got him. And now he's in maximum security prison. But the way this went down with a tip was pretty freaking crazy. They were this close to probably never finding this guy again. Yep, that's right. I mean, I, you know, what's funny is I try to be well, well informed and I try to uh, stay up to date. I knew that there had been a, a prison, you know, break and, and that they were looking for somebody. But if I could have walked by that guy right on the street and I would not have batted an eyelash, wouldn't have identified him. Thankfully, you know, this, the guy buys a ticket to go to Tijuana, Mexico. Like once he's over that border, yeah. forget about it. Forget about it. He's, he's lost in the sea of people and you're never going to find him. He, and he was getting ready to board the bus when they caught him. And, and it was one of the people at the bus station who identified one of the workers there who identified him, called it in and, and they got him in time. Pretty, I mean, I don't know how good the police work is versus how good the, <laughs> and well-informed and courageous the person was who called in. But in any case, good job all around. They got it done. We got less than a minute here. Did you see the body cam release the video? I did not. They basically, you see them walk up on this guy and it's the guy. I mean, he's, you know, he, cause he's tiny. He's like five, two. Yeah. And he had like no reaction. He's in line and they just, they just do this to him. They kind of wave him. Yeah. And he just walks over. Yeah. Well, of course he's been in jail for all this time, no, right? Oh, I, I escaped from jail. I'm running. No, you're not. You're going to get shot. You escape from jail. If it, if it's bad enough, yeah. don't you risk it? I was shocked that he gave up that easily. I mean, he knows exactly what life was like in there. You know that it's okay. Well, but, he ain't but going, now he's going to high. He ain't going back to medium. Yeah, I know. I know. We talked about that last week. Yeah. He ain't going back to medium security. No. He'll, he'll never. He'll never be in a prison like that again. Not after escaping. Yeah, no, it's, it's over. He's he's up in Ely now. Wow. I'm surprised you uh, you don't have a renegade spirit, huh? I would have ran. I'm done. Uh, Get away. Yeah, I don't know. I, got two I, life sentences. I think once you're you've been in prison for decades and you've got that like indoctrination, I think it's harder to i mean it's easier to imagine life in there and what it's like than it is you know to think that you have a better chance by running it's cofield and company with the battleborn sports hour presented by battleborn injury lawyers 766-1400 justin thank you all right thanks guys let's go the football frenzy the football frenzy on cofield and company company All right, rolling on CNC, Adam Candy, Steve Cofield, Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Final part of this hour, our four hour, which is on ESPN Reno and also ESPN Las Vegas. Man, I thought I was going to get you this with this one because I hadn't talked to Adam Candy about the whole judge chase and all this arguing about who's the real home run king. And, you know, it's funny about two and a half weeks ago, John Von Tobel and I were on and Wilbon and Kornheiser were on a TV near us, and I saw who's the real home run king up on their band of topics. And both of us were like, my God, are we really doing this? And of course, we're massive ageist, unless uh, you know they talk about 40 and 50-somethings, then we'll defend uh, to the death. But uh, we went into the whole thing like, who cares? You know what? People care. People cared a lot. 
People cared a lot. Here's Judge hitting 62 last night. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. I almost cut off John Sterling. That's a cardinal sin. I feel like John had more to say. Yes, he did. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. It is pretty impressive that the Yankees have all three of the guys atop the AL list, all in different eras, all 100% clean. Here's Michael Kay's call. Interesting. I know Sound Maven Ari is cringing at the crowd noise. That was what the crowd noise sounded like. Now, I don't know if we got some feed of that that was bizarre or on the call, they actually just had the crowd mic turned up too high because people went crazy. By the way, at the end, you hear case closed again. I don't think Kay and Sterling got together on doing the same close to the call. And you understand going into that cut, I was kidding about. All three Yankee guys were clean who have the top AL marks. I have no idea on Aaron Judge. I don't know. I have no idea. And we've talked about it. Uh, All this qualifying for each era is kind of ridiculous. The game was not diverse at all when Babe Ruth hit his 60. When Maris hit 61, the game was 83% white and less than 15%. Uh, other races, and now the sport is actually super diverse. Latinos make up more than 30% of the game. Uh, whites are about 58%. So if you want to play those games, you know, hey, this this year is better than this year. This one doesn't count. They were doing this year. And, uh, you know, and I heard you mention earlier on the show, uh, everyone's listening, not like uh, I heard you off there. Um, you were talking about greenies being a big deal, you know, getting all hopped up in uh, maybe the late 50s, 60s, and 70s. So listen, he... He set the AL record. There's still a bunch of guys in the National League who smash more home runs. The all-time home run king, Candy, for a single season is Barry Bonds. And that's why I thought that this description right here, I don't know if you saw this, but the description that Bonds is the official home run champion, Judge is the authentic champion, what does that mean? It means people have too much time on their hands. Stop it. Stop it. And this is coming from a Yankee fan. This is coming from someone who wants Aaron Judge to be celebrated for having one of the greatest offensive seasons we've ever seen. Stop it. Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. I don't care if you like him. I don't care if you like Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. They did what they did. And the time that they did it, they were playing by 
the rules. Were there obvious symptoms that maybe that they were doing something they shouldn't be doing? Yup, but they didn't get caught. And tell me why baseball didn't catch them. They didn't want to. Nobody in Major League Baseball wanted to know what was going on. Bud Selig turned a blind eye to all of this. They were thrilled to have the attention on baseball. They were thrilled the same way they're thrilled to have Aaron Judge as the face of everything. And if I hear one more damn person talk about Aaron Judge represents all that's right about the game, today he does. Just the same way you might have said it about these guys in the past. Sammy Sosa has a kid's joy for playing the game. Barry Bonds, the best player we've ever seen. Yeah. All in their moment, that's what we talked about. And that's what we're talking about with Aaron Judge. If you think you know something, stop it. We don't know who these guys are in their personal lives. We don't know what they're doing to prepare themselves for the game. We have no idea. And all you're going to do is sound stupid a few years from now if, and I don't think Aaron Judge has hopped up on anything, but if he were... You're just going to sound like an idiot with this whole the real home run record. Stop it. Yeah, that was Tom Verducci who wrote that. And Verducci's been around a long time covering Major League Baseball. And to my point earlier in the show, a lot of guys who have a lot to say about authenticity and cheating were covering the sport when we saw gargantuan figures and crazy builds around baseball and no one really spoke up or did any investigating. And say a word because they didn't want to know. And the writers were happy to go along with it too. And the writers are the ones who are causing the real problem now, right? They're the gatekeepers for the Hall of Fame. They're the ones who won't let Bonds in. They're the ones who won't let Clemens in. Why? Why is the what's your revenge? What, that they cheated the game? That did they cheat you? They didn't cheat you. You're voting for the Hall of Fame. You had a career in a newspaper or a magazine for years because these guys were doing great things that people wanted to read about. Spare me the sanctimony. Spare me the gatekeeping. Just because you did your job poorly uh, 30 years ago doesn't mean you're doing it right now to keep them out. It's just stupid. What do you think of this tweet? This was in response to a uh, JTTB tweet earlier in the day. Someone said, imagine thinking a guy who averaged less than six home runs a season over his entire college career has never taken anything. I didn't know that. I didn't know those numbers. Uh, is that true about Aaron Judge at Fresno State? I am not aware. I'm going to trust that person on that. But yeah. I can tell you that there were many scout evaluations on Aaron Judge around the time that he was in college saying this guy will never be anything. And he's six foot seven. There has never been a regular in Major League Baseball the size of Aaron Judge who's been able to consistently stay healthy and perform at this level. So yeah, there was plenty of reason to have skepticism about Judge ever doing this. And now the crazy thing, we'll see what happens in the postseason. You know, this is kind of when you make your legacy for a lot of people. Got to achieve in the postseason. You don't want to pull an El Flapo. And if the Yankees bow out early or they win the World Series, doesn't matter at all now. In terms of Judge's future, when you hit 62 home runs, and I still think he's a health risk every year because he is 6'7", 282. There are markets out there and teams out there, Candy, that need an Aaron Judge. Not only for what he does on the field, but what he brings off the field with marketing and the kind of ticket sales he's going to produce. I can only imagine the offers. Michael Kay, the... TV announcer for the Yankees estimated that he just cashed in another $100 million on a long-term contract. What do you think? 
Yankees offered him seven years and two hundred thirteen million, so roughly Uh-oh. thirty and change a year. Uh-oh. I think this probably starts at eight and three twenty, and we go from there. Like he's going to reset the average annual value over Mike Trout, over Mookie Betts. Like this is going to get done, and Aaron Judge is going to get it because there's one man in this world who's going to make it happen. And his name's not Hal Steinbrenner. It's Steve Cohen. The, the Mets owner, one way or the other, is going to drive where this discussion goes. Because even if the Yankees end up keeping him, it's Steve Cohen who is going to make the Yankees pay 100% of the price that they should be paying to keep Aaron Judge. I don't think he stays, honestly. And like you said, Steve, about the health, I'm okay with that. If they end up having to pay this guy for nine years, it's something like 35 or $40 million. He's 31 years old already, and he's huge. He's not going to age well. You might pay for two more good years on this contract. I think the number is going to be interesting. The total number, you said eight and 320. And also, will teams be played and wind up just bidding against themselves? I'm pretty sure if my memory is working right now, I think A-Rod's first big deal when he was stolen from the Mariners to the Rangers was like 10 and 256, something like that. That that was the deal. And I remember the story at the time, like no one was really bidding the Rangers up at the end. It might've been the Mets, but the Rangers may have paid a bunch of extra money and it may have been a Texas tax. I don't know. You know, maybe A-Rod didn't want to go to Texas and I could see the Mets. I could see the Mets doing 10 years and $500 million. I mean, it'd be what, huge, what is he, but would it be what shocking? Is, what does he care? Think about it. He can keep him from other National League teams. Like, the Giants will be one of the top contenders. He can keep him from other National League teams. And what would be better for the Mets to completely screw over the Yankees and then have the guy sitting there for 10 freaking years to turn the screw repeatedly? DeGrom, Scherzer, Lindor. Alonzo, yep. Judge, that team would go in as maybe the favorite for the World Series next yep. year. And can you imagine? Can you imagine Yankee fans if the Mets go win the World Series with Aaron Judge? Bud Selig, if this deal turns out to be ten and five hundred, Bud Selig will be rolling over in his grave. And I love that line because I think he's still alive. Indeed, this is. Yeah, he is. Like blowing the top off, the the top salary and the the total deal is everything that Bud Selig stood against, and Jerry Reinsdorf will be rolling over right next to him. This is this will be a living hell for the baseball people who have been trying to keep. We'll call them rogue owners. They're not guys like Steve Cohen bought into this to make some money but mostly as a vanity play. And they've never wanted vanity play owners. They've never, like Mark Cuban wanted in. They looked at Mark Cuban and they're like, no, he's not going to toe the line and act like he's poor. That's not going to work in in our sport. Get out of here. They let Steve Cohen in, a billionaire, and he's going to act like a billionaire. And he's not going to, you know, he's not going to fly to space. His, His trip to space is effing over the Yankees and spending $500 million. It's going to be glorious. I'm going to enjoy every moment. You're a Yankee of what fan! Happens. What do you mean it's going to be glorious? Because I don't think the Yankees should make that commitment to Aaron Judge. I don't. 
Yeah. I, that's a they already it, for the next seven years they already have nearly sixty million dollars committed per year just to Garrett Cole and John Carlos Stanton. They cannot put forty million a year into a guy who has only played his two healthy seasons right now going into his contract year. We'll continue this into the next hour, but here's where you're wrong. They can. There is no salary cap for teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Mets. These kids were handed a $5 billion or $6 billion product. Spend the freaking money. It's the Battleborn Sports Hour. You can listen to it each day. 4 to 5 on ESPN Reno. We're here to the full show archived on LVSportsNetwork.com.